Well, hey there. Welcome to Discover Your Sensational Path podcast. I'm Erin Gurwich. I'm an occupational therapist, owner of Sensational Path, and creator of the Sensational Path Mobile Sensory Clinic. I'm so excited to have you on our podcast, a podcast for parents, teachers, and occupational therapists to learn and connect around topics of sensory integration, sensory regulation, sensory spaces, and the ins and outs of running a clinic on big wheels. Today on the Discover Your Sensational Path podcast, we're learning all about Betty White. Not the Betty White that you probably think, but uh, Betty White, the magical bus. <laughs> I call it magical because it's really quite special. Erin, tell us all about your bus. What What is Betty White the bus all about? Yeah, so Betty White is what I named the bus after she kept breaking down. And I was like, oh. wow, she, she needs a Snickers. I don't know if you've seen that commercial <laughs> yes. where... Um, and so, yeah, Betty White is this white bus that I have that I've converted into my mobile sensory clinic. And the name is just because she's a little bit finicky and temperamental. I love she's got personality. She does. So we talked in a previous episode a little bit about how the bus came to be, but let's go right back to the start. Probably 10 years well, it's more than, I keep saying 10 years, mm -hmm. but it's been like three years now. So let's say, 15 years ago, I saw this picture on the internet of a bus that was a gymnastics bus. Wow. And I had just finished my sensory integration and praxis training, which is like one of the high level sensory training courses. Mm -hmm. And um, I just thought that that would be a really cool idea for a clinic space, but I sat on it for mm -hmm you know, 10 years. So in 2017, I lose track of time so yes, easily, but it, yeah, in, in 2017, I was at a chamber dinner. So like I said, in our last episode, the day that I quit my job, I went to this chamber of commerce awards dinner, and there was a presentation by Alberta treasury branch about their booster campaign, which is their form of crowdfunding. It's a rewards-based crowdfunding. So I sat and I listened and watched this presentation and they, they talked about all the different people that did booster campaigns and what it, what was involved. And, and I just sat there and I was like, I need to do this. Like this idea of the bus was just sitting there in my head. And like I said, last time, like it, it just fell together because the guy sitting at the table with me was my childhood friend who's a mechanic who works on school buses. I didn't what? say that last time. <laughs> you didn't he, mention that. I, okay, hello universe, just literally yeah. putting it in front of you there. I love this. Yeah, so he works on school buses. So I just leaned over and said, <laughs> do you have any like school buses that can't be school buses anymore because they've they've reached their maximum number of years or miles? that I could convert into a clinic. And so we just got talking. He's like, oh yeah, bus number 11 for sure. And so oh. we had like the specific bus in mind, which isn't the bus that I got for Betty White, but right. that's where things just started rolling. So I went from the chamber dinner to Googling ATB booster. I signed up for the next event that was a 
um, an information session. Right. And that day I registered in the car on my way home. I registered to do an ATB booster campaign. I love your your commitment. Just like, okay, the, <laughs> I, the fire has been lit and it's happening. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I did the booster campaign, which I keep saying, like, it wasn't about getting the money. It was about testing this idea. Like, I thought it was a great idea to have a bus that was like a playground and a sensory clinic. But were people going to buy into this? Were Mm -hmm. people going to support it? And so the booster campaign allowed me to test that idea. Yes. And people could buy rewards. They could buy time on the bus. And and they did. I mean, we reached our goal and then and then some. Amazing. So I earned enough money so that I could go buy a bus and start working on it and convert it and put all this equipment in it. Congratulations. That's a really Thanks. big deal because a financial commitment like that can be terrifying, especially if it's because it, you'd mentioned in the previous episode you were coming from a government job. You're, that's a big step in itself to leave that reliable, you know, that's, I, I don't want to use the word comfortable, but you know, you're... Yeah comfort zone set, for sure your, your comfort zone and then to branch out on your own and then to make that big purchase of, and doing something that's that's pretty um pretty it's a new it's a, it's it's a new idea it's you know you're not just <laughs> renting a space and having your clinic this is fantastic so good on you and and again you you work very very hard at what you do so don't take away from that but also the the things lining up showing you you're on the right path it just it gives me goosebumps talking to you about it it's amazing so yeah. <laughs> it's funny because people ask me like what did you do like what were the steps and mm-hmm. i had to come back like when i was done i came back and and figured out the steps but when i was doing it you know, I, I took a course from Brenda Bouchard and he said, like, everything that you do has five steps. And I was like, right. and and one of the things that he says is like, go find someone who's done this before. And I was like, <laughs> so I reached out and I tried to like get in touch with this gymnastics bus that I saw years and years ago. Yes. And, and I it was really hard to find people who had done this before. There's so many people who have taken a bus and converted it to these beautiful RVs and mm-hmm. tiny houses. Yeah. And I got wrapped up in that too. I was like, oh, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's so pretty. And and I was like, well, take a step back. Like it needs to be functional, not pretty. Like I wanted to paint the whole outside and make it look so nice. And I was like, no. Focus. It's what's inside that counts. Like totally what's inside that counts. It's rusty on the outside, but the stuff that's inside is what does the trick. And that's amazing too, having that restraint because I would have been useless at that. Absolutely useless. <laughs> oh, there were there were so many tears. <laughs> oh, I'd be like, now now we can fold down this part so I can sell ice cream in the summer out of this side and <laughs> Oh yeah. My son thinks that we should put a Murphy bed in. Like so the climbing wall that's in the back. He thinks that that should be a Murphy bed so that we can take it camping and just not have to sleep on the floor. There you go. <laughs> I'm like, well, get on that. Oh, <laughs> man. So what is in the bus? What What is inside this, this incredible space? There is a climbing wall. Wow. Um, yeah, we made a climbing wall. Um, it used to be a ski bus. And okay. so there was a ski rack on the outside of the bus. And when I took it to the mechanic, they said, oh, I've got an idea for that. So they took the 
ski rack off the outside uh-huh. and put it inside. And so it's like a ladder Very that cool. the kids can climb on inside. There are hooks everywhere in the ceiling uh-huh. because I wanted to be able to change it out. So sometimes there's a rope tunnel hooked wow. up that kids can climb through. Sometimes there's swings. Um, there's a mini trampoline. Amazing. The latest feature that is like the favorite feature uh-huh. right now is the zip line. What? Yes. <laughs> I wanna could do you rent the bus out for grown up parties? <laughs> I think so. I've had inquiries. Oh my but goodness. a lot of the equipment like I tried the zip line and I'm I'm tall and it just it doesn't work for me. Like I just bottom out. <laughs> but, but it's pretty fun. Like the kids just line up and they go down the zip line and then they go into the crash mat and Amazing. It's fun. Amazing. And and the whole point of this incredibly fun space is obviously it's the kids are having fun but there's so much more to it than that right so what what are the kids learning from all of these different experiences and how is this helping in the world of occupational therapy so we gain skills like as a child you learn about your environment by interacting with your environment and so um the whole idea behind sensory integration is that that experience and interacting and using your senses and so while the bus looks like fun it's really laying down the foundations for positive behavior and academics and learning and taking care of yourself so they're getting all of these brain synapses firing and you know they're working on their vestibular system which is your movement sense they're getting lots of input to their proprioceptive system which is like the input to your muscles and joints, which helps keep you regulated. Right. Interesting. Feeling good. Do you have um, one-on-one clients in the bus or do you have groups of of children? How do you usually work with the bus? So right now it's, it's different because of COVID, but um, one-on-one for sure, it works well. It's not always fun to just be the only kid in the bus, though. Right. Like, I mean, I'm fun, but <laughs> it's not the same as having like your buddy in there. Yes. But yes, one-on-one sessions are good for some kids that just need to have their sensory needs met. Um, I have one little boy who I worked with and the bus would pull up to his house before the bus, I would go into his house and he would be climbing on the banister and, and running around and he had a trampoline and he would jump on it, but he was always going. Right. And when he came out to the bus, he was able to go through the tunnel and I had Lycra up in the bus. And so he had to climb through the different layers of Lycra and he would finish his session in the bus, go inside and sit on the couch beside his dad and interact with his dad and have this right. connection. But I never saw him sit Yes. before that. So he'd so, gotten it out of his system and you gave him the opportunity to go for it. Yeah, because like in a sensory clinic, you can do things that you're not really allowed to do mm-hmm, outside mm-hmm. so like it's not okay to climb on the desk in the classroom yes. and it's not okay to climb on the kitchen table and and on the banister it's maybe not the safest thing right but in yeah. the bus it's we've set it up as a safe space yeah. for fun and learning and sensory motor development 
is it easy to define those lines as like okay when you're in the bus it's fine you can climb on all these things you can you can do all this uh high energy outlandish touch all the things climb on the things jump on the things and is it easy to distinguish the boundary of like when you get back in the house the rules are going to change again i haven't really found that i've needed to because when they come to the bus they get those sensory needs met so they don't feel like they need to do it at home I mean the bus isn't there all the time though so when they're in their house we try to set up other things so Mm. if we find that they're climbing lots then then we put in some sort of climbing space for them where it's safe for them to climb or or where they can have their sensory needs met so the bus is almost like like a showroom mm-hmm. that you would go to if you wanted to buy furniture. So you come and you try out this equipment and then we can put that equipment in your house so that it's there all the time Amazing. when you need it or in your school yes. so that it's there all the time. So that's the delineation. So we teach them how to recognize when they, they need a break. Right, right. And then how they can have those needs met, right? Do children tend to have a favorite or is there a specific activity or or thing on the bus that, that kids are always drawn to that you recommend for parents to have in the house? Well, like I said, right now the the go-to is the zip line, but th- it depends on the kid, right? Mm-hmm. So swings, uh, yes. some kids gravitate towards those and they like to swing and have like, really high motion um those might be the kids who have like who are sensory seekers for movement okay but then there's some kids that come in the bus and they despise the swing they don't like having their feet off the ground um they won't go through the rope tunnel because you know when they're in there they can see the bottom but they're not on the ground and so that's really terrifying for some kids so um there isn't really a recipe for Mm -hmm. you need to have this and you need to have this it's really child specific and um, it depends on what that child's sensory preferences are. And so I did an episode way back when about the importance of a sensory assessment. And you know, there's people out there doing all kinds of sensory interventions, but you really need that assessment to make Mm -hmm. it specific for the child. They can go and move and do have all these sensory activities, but we need to know what what they really need right yes as a child a climbing wall would just just looking at it would terrify me (laughs) me too i I hate heights right i was (laughs) i was kept back in school i must have been about six or no yeah probably six five or six and i remember my teacher keeping me back so that she could teach me how to go down the stairs properly Yeah. Because I was doing the one, two, one, two. And she's like, okay, you're six now, Emma. It's, t- it's time to keep up with the rest of the class. But just fearful of certain things. And then other things was just like, yeah, throw me on that wild horse that belongs to my neighbor, I think. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and it's funny because I've had kids who come into the bus and, and like in groups. So you asked if I do groups. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Um, preschool groups where they'll come through in groups of like four, four kids at a time for about 15 minutes, and then we'll switch it out and bring the next kids through. But there was one boy who came in and I was like, well, he won't do it. Like he was really apprehensive to climb over like the wheel wells. And he was, he didn't want to have his feet off the ground for too long. And I tried to put him on the swing and he was like, no. Well, it turns out he also was having problems at home 
he wouldn't go on the toilet because okay. he didn't like having his feet off the ground. Wow. So the big thing, like we all have different sensory preferences, but when it starts to interfere with our everyday activities, yes. that's when we need to get help or, right. or get some assistance, right? Right. That's incredible, the things that come to light in this amazing bus. And how often do you visit people with the bus? Is it a, a weekly thing? Like if you have like a regular client, how often do, do parents like to give their children access? I would love to see kids weekly or bi-weekly. Yeah. I have some preschool visits that are set up on a monthly basis. So um, just like part of their curriculum or part of their programming, the bus comes once a month and groups of kids go through the bus. It really depends. And it depends on the funding that the family has because it's, it might or might not fall under their benefit plan, but it'd be like going for a massage, right? You go once a month and then in between you need some sort of upkeep and yeah. And then case activity. by case, in some instances, the bus can, um, in some instances, qualify for funding from healthcare and such. Yeah. yeah. So Amazing. I see some children who receive funding through FSCD, so Family Services for Children with Disabilities. Okay. And I'm an occupational therapist, so I they, they would qualify for, for that funding if they have that. And usually those kids get visits like once every three weeks, right. just because that's how many visits they're allotted. If the families wanted more, then that would come out of pocket. So some people have benefit programs that, you know, they can submit their receipts or we can direct bill, but it's hard. OT is such a, yeah, it's 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 hard with OT. We're not recognized by all of the insurance providers um, and I'm not sure why. So yeah. physical therapy, you get benefits for that social work, you get benefits for that. But our occupational therapy body is fighting for us mm-hmm. to get recognized. Is, is your website the best way for people to get in touch with you and, and organize scheduling to have the bus come visit? We used to just have it that you would send me an email if you wanted to book the bus. Now you can go right to the link and find a time that works for you Perfect. and find a time in your in my schedule that's open. Wonderful. Um, And my website is www.sensationalpath.com. Perfect. I'm also on social media. On Instagram, Sensational Path is a good way to find me. And on Facebook, I have a Sensational Path page. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, here's three easy ways to support the podcast and stay connected. Head over to sensationalpath.com to find out more about any of the resources we discussed on the show and ways to connect with us. Share the podcast with a friend, colleague, or a mom that you think would benefit from hearing this and subscribe to the show on your favorite player, being sure to leave a review saying how much you liked the show. Oh, one more thing. If you're on social media, tag Sensational Path so that we can stay connected and keep these conversations going. I hope this helps you discover your Sensational Path. This podcast was created with Share On Air, your concierge podcasting solutions. If you're an entrepreneur or small business that wants to get your podcast up and running, visit shareonair.ca or share underscore on air on all social media platforms.